Hey there, Effers. Today on Football and Other F-Words, we're going to talk about the 53-man roster projection, the Denver Broncos game, We Have Football, and Jadavian Clowney, and how I am always right. Prepare to be effed. Broadway Sports Media. I hate Corey Davis. Corey Davis yeah. is going to be awful. He's probably going to be out for the year. I am your host, Michael Gillum. I can be found at Mr. Lebowski on Twitter. As always, I am joined by Zach Lyons at football, or I'm sorry, at, at F Ford Spot. I can't even get his handle right, right off the rips. What happens when you miss hosting duties for a week? And also Mike Miracles, who can be found at Mike Miracles on Twitter. We are all brought to you by broadwaysportsmedia.com. We're currently running a $7 a month. This is lifetime if you sign up at this price. $7 a month, clowny special. Promo code is Clowntown. You can read articles by the aforementioned Mike Herndon, John Glennon, many more. Broadwaysportsmedia.com. Go sign up now. Boys, how are we doing this morning? Doing great. I've been on a contact high, I guess, from this Javen Clowney news. I have felt great every day, every morning. The birds are chirping a little bit louder. The sun is shining a little bit brighter. Just feeling good. I'm feeling good, boys. I like this. Listen to the energy in this man's voice, Michael. I, I'm about the same. And, you know, I woke up this morning and went outside, and it's a nice, crisp. You can tell that the seasons are about to change. And we have football this week, boys. We made it. We made it like it's honestly, I really like Zach's energy because not only, let me say this, Zach did a wonderful job hosting last week. Thank you. While I was dealing with a back that got up Tuesday morning and said, yeah, we're not doing this. But um, so <laughs> Zach did a great job. Appreciate you filling in, but boys Labor Day weekend and then Labor Day weekend includes getting Clowney on board, arguably the biggest free agency signing this, this franchise has had since it's, since it's moved to Nashville and then we now have the 53-man roster, and it's NFL game week because this has been the longest year ever, the longest, the longest decade I can remember since January. <laughs> so it's all culminated into this. I'm ready to roll. It is, it's so damn good to have all of this culminate into one weekend. We are six days – no, we're three days away from football because Thursday night football kind of kicks us off. But I want to get into Jadavian Clowney. He is a Tennessee Titan. It is official. The man has a jersey number. It's 99. Some of you are upset about that. We'll get into it and how silly that is. But at, at the end of the day, the man was on a plane. He signed a contract. We have photo evidence of it that the team has tweeted out. It is the real deal. And the reason why I say that is because when the news started to break Saturday afternoon, uh, I think around 5 o'clock, it, it drug out for several more hours of a little bit of doubt that did this really actually happen. So, I'll kind of get into it, and correct me if I'm wrong. Starting at about 5 o'clock, Diana Russini had tweeted out that Jadavian is expected to sign, which kind of started a little bit of wishy-washy and back and forth between some of the, uh, the national pundits and the national reporters of what he was actually going to do. So how, how did that go down, Mike? I mean, it, it, reading the tea leaves, and it's funny because it's really two ESPN personalities that were on either side of this. Uh, you know, Rossini 
basically was reporting that it was done, uh, that he was texting his Titans teammates, telling him he's excited to get started. Uh, and then Josina Anderson came back and was putting out information that sounded like it was coming directly from Clowney, uh, saying that it's not quite done yet. There's still teams calling, um, which, of course, teams calling can be – all right, yeah, they're still trying to make stuff happen, but, you know, he could have already made up his mind. I don't know. It it was all kind of confusing there for a little bit, and, you know, obviously as long as this saga has gone on, um, you know, I think all Titans fans got a little bit nervous there uh, as things started to kind of break, but luckily it was happening, like, in the middle of the night, so a lot of people slept through that. Uh, but it does sound like uh, some craziness went down in the end between – the Saints and the Browns trying to trade, uh, basically trade a draft pick for the Browns to, or no, let me let me break this down. So, because <laughs> it's confusing, the it Browns were going to sign Clowney and give him like a five million dollar signing bonus, and then immediately trade him to the Saints so that the Browns would be on the hook for that signing bonus, but they would get a draft pick back. I don't know what the draft pick would have uh, been. It was a rumored second-round draft pick. Which is pretty crazy because a second-round draft pick for $5 million is good business if you can get it. Um, but they, uh, the NFL kind of nixed it and said, no, that's against the spirit of the you know idea that you can't trade cash for – you basically can't trade cash in the NFL. So uh, they nixed it, and that kind of looks like it put the final nail in the coffin for the Saints and, and locked Clowney into Tennessee. But, yeah, wild wild story and some definite, definite twists and turns over the past six months. Six months we've been talking about this guy. He's finally here. He was always going to be here. It was inevitable. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care about these stupid stories about the Ravens trying to trade for him with the Jaguars as well. They were trying to do a sign and trade too, or whatever was going to go down. <coughs> Excuse me. He was always coming here. Always. Never a doubt in my mind, Clowney was going to be a Tennessee Titan. I've said it all for six freaking months. I've said it. And, it, and it's true. I mean, he's, he's a Titan. Nobody has to worry about anything. Next up, Super Bowl, baby. I love Zach's definitiveness of uh, – I really hope definitiveness is a word, by the way. But <laughs> Zach's definitiveness of when I never doubted X, it blows up in our face so many times. If you're not familiar – I've been podcast, on par. This, this well, offseason has been the offseason of Zach. Like the summer of George, the offseason of Zach. It's been the offseason of Zach. And, and when I say our phase, it blows up. It's been blowing up in Mike and I's face lately. If you're not familiar with the podcast, football and other F words, uh, you should be by now. You've been listening to us to it for a couple of weeks. So you should be familiar by now. That's on you. But anyways, so it, it, it's blowing up in our face lately because just a couple of weeks ago, I was on here running my gums about – Trevor Simeon is the backup that this team needed. It's a little bit of the yeah. Where did the, how did that work out? Clowny, I had some doubts all summer that this guy's dragging his feet. It's like what is going on here? I wasn't sure that it was going to happen. I was knocking all the no name sources that were on Twitter talking about that it's happening. It's only a matter of time. Blah blah blah. So of course he signs and Zach gets to take his victory lap and well deserved he gets to take his victory lap because Derrick Henry uh, signing. I mean I yeah. got that one right. Yeah. Yeah. To the day uh, too. Yeah. You see what's <laughs> no, happening I do. here? 
I do think the no names on Twitter were guessing the entire time because it does not sound like any of this got settled until the very end. But right, right. I'm not going to bring up the aforementioned no names. I do want to point out <laughs> one person though in Nashville. Brent Doherty, co-host of the Three HL in the afternoon, had tweeted um, on it was Friday evening. Uh, yeah, that's correct. Friday evening at about 5:40. I'm hearing that Clowney will be a Titan as early as this evening. And I do want to specify that part as early as this evening because people are trying to go back and, and nitpick that tweet saying, well, you didn't get the timing right. He said as early as, and he technically was the first one to have this out there. So I do want to point out that, Brent, <laughs> you were made whole. And you accurately predicted what the actual signing 24 hours before it did. So, so kudos to you because I know you had a rough 24 hours on the socials leading up to that right after that tweet. But anywho, so – Clowney's a Titan and, and I'm, I'm so, so excited for this fan base, especially because this is, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm going too overboard, I believe this is the biggest free agent signing this team has ever had. And I think I even want to throw in there by far. And, and of course I'm referencing since the team has moved to Nashville, but this to me, it makes me so excited for this fan base and for this team, because I think it just further, it should further cement in the minds of the fans that this organization is stable and it's a stable organization that big name free agents are entertaining and want to come here. And that not only that, this team has a, a, not only the run it back mentality and the run it back personnel, but just added another huge piece of personnel. That's why I'm so damn excited. Well, the right when he gets off the plane, boom, picture of him and Amy Adams strunk and it's awesome. I mean, Jadavion Clowney being here, it, you're, you're right. This is the biggest free agent signing. Take your Delaney Walker comments and saying that he's the biggest free agent signing and shove him up your butt because that, that's not true. It's, it's not true because at the time, Delaney Walker was essentially a backup tight end. He was a nobody when he got signed. He was a nobody. He was a nobody. We nobody. made Delaney. The Titans made Delaney. Now, Granted, Delaney. I mean, has Delaney, the Delaney made Delaney, but, but we made but he him. made him. He made <laughs> yeah. it here at the Titans. We made Delaney. <laughs> Technically, his mom and dad made Delaney, but Mr. <laughs> and Mrs. Walker. But we we put Delaney. Technically, Delaney helped put himself up on the map, but we he was nobody before he got here. I mean, he really was. And you know, let me say this: I appreciate everything Delaney did. I don't want people to think I'm dissing Delaney. But this is Jadavian Clowney. The, they are in different stratospheres compared to what they were when they came into the Tennessee Titans as far as recognize, re, being recognizable, being famous, being at the top of their game and at their respective position. It's not even close. And we stole Jadavian Clowney. We haven't even got into that. $12 million with some incentives to, to get up to 15 That is a, That is – Nothing. That's a steal. He got offered $18 million rumored by the Cleveland Browns, and here he is down with us for $3 million less. And, and the crazy thing when you think about that is you go back and you look at the Jarrell Casey trade, and, you know, at the time and for the last, you know, six months now, everybody's been, well, why did they trade Jarrell Casey? Why did they trade Jarrell Casey? This doesn't make any sense. I, I mean, I think it's clear now, and, and I think it was clear then too, but, but people didn't want to listen that they traded Casey because they wanted to go get Clowney um, and they needed that money to go do that. And 
they can't make this deal happen if they hadn't already made that trade. Um, and I, I think that's very clearly what they wanted to do. And it's almost identical salaries. I mean, if you look at what Casey's cap hit was going to be, it was just, just south of $12 million for this year. Clowney basically fits directly into that. The Titans get four years younger. And I think even uh, no disrespect to Troy Casey, who had a great career in Nashville and really played well here. Clowney is more dynamic and, and he's on still in the prime of his career. I think Casey is undoubtedly kind of hitting the back slope of his excellent career. Um, so it, you're, you're extending your, I guess, prime window with this money. Uh, if you want to look at it, you know, switching over from Casey to Clowney, but um, I do want to talk a little bit about what Clowney does for the defense. I mean, I, I think, you know, people focus in on this sacks thing and, and three sacks and you'll hear it a million times. He is such an impactful guy just from a standpoint of he is a habit creator. He, he plays with his hair on fire. I, I don't know where all this effort stuff comes from. Maybe he takes a playoff every now and then, but when he is locked in, he is, he plays with his hair on fire and you will not see anybody out there running harder, slamming into guys harder than Jadavian Clowney. I mean, it shows up on tape and it's obvious. Um, but he attracts a lot of attention because of that. And I think he's going to make life easier for Jeffrey Simmons, Harold Landry, Vic Beasley, all these guys. They suddenly have a really nice looking uh, pass rush group uh, for the Titans. But Clowney's going to do a lot for them. So I did want to, in the last couple of minutes of the segment, I wanted to ask, do you do either one of you starting with Mike kind of have an opinion or a feeling? And again, I know we're guessing a little bit of conjecture here, but what do you think that final push was? What do you think the final decision was for Clowney? Do you think it was the setup with Titans and the familiarity with Vrabel? Do you think it was the confusion and all the mess that was going to have to go on behind the scenes with the NFL and trading cash and trading picks and all that kind of stuff. What, what do you think it came down to for cloudy to pull the trigger and say, okay, Tennessee is my team. I, I think, I think it's a mixture of everything you said. I think it's a legitimate possibility. Maybe that's a cop out on my part, but I, if I'm going to weigh one way or the other more heavily, it's definitely gonna be the familiarity and it could have been, I know it's not been reported, but it could have been the saints pulling their offer after they had that, horrible meal served to them by his personal chef it was a rough looking steak that thing looked like it just came out of the microwave um but the uh yeah i i kind of get the feeling that it was a combination of things too I, i i don't think he left a ton of money on the table it sounds like the saints offer was a little bit lower and their ditch or their last ditch effort to uh up that offer was to make that sign and trade thing happen um it sounds like the titans did end up coming up just a little bit at the very end to uh to kind of i guess make make him feel good and to kind of finalize everything uh on that front but i don't know i I think he probably ended up getting um less money than what he'd hoped for but i think it came down to he wanted to go i think he was real when he said he wanted to go to a contender um you know, the Titans, Ravens, and Saints being the last three teams involved, I think tells you, one, that he did want to go to a contender, and two, that the Titans are kind of, their profile has raised over the last couple years under Mike Brabel, and I think they now are seen as one of those potentially 
you know, contender type teams uh, among NFL players. Cause I mean, it, he could have, he could have taken less money to go to another spot, but he decided Let, let's, let's go with Tennessee. And he thinks like, he can win here. Well, it, it's, it's official. Jadavian Clowney is a Tennessee Titan. That is words that Titans fans everywhere have wanted to hear for a long time. It's one words that I've wanted to hear. Uh, and hell yes, I am so excited that it has finally happened. Uh, we got plenty more to talk about. Titans final 53-man roster is set. Uh, want to go into it position by position. So uh, here we are. Let's start with quarterbacks. We currently have two on the roster. Ryan Tannehill, Logan Woodside, kind of a bit of a surprise, except to Zach, who's going to give, continue to give us hell about this. Trevor Simeon has been cut. He is gone. He's no longer a Tennessee Titan. But again, we have Tannehill and Woodside on board. I'm going to let Zach have the open salvo here. Well, it's a little bit of a surprise just because there were so many people who uh, touted the Trevor Simeon name as some guy that if Ryan Tannehill goes down can win you some games. Well, he ain't going to win you a lot of games on the practice squad, let me tell you that. Yeah, I think it's a mild surprise that they went with Woodside over Simeon just because Woodside has zero NFL snaps under his belt, right? So if Tannehill does go down or even, you know, even if he sprains an ankle or if he, you know, his mouthpiece falls out or something, he has to come out of the game for a few plays. You're putting a guy in who's going to be taking his first NFL snap. So Not, not true. First regular season snaps. Well, yes, yes first but regular season. seasons does matter. Well, well, the preseason snaps don't count in the official record book. So first oh, okay. NFL snap for well, Logan Trevor Woodside Simeon will come must if be he some has hidden to gym because I mean he has actually okay, NFL let's, snaps let's and not, he can even make it. Let's not get into this argument again. All I'm right. just saying that it's a little bit of a surprise that they went with Woodside because of the inexperience factor. Um, but it's a testament to Woodside and how well he played in camp, impressed them, things like that, that they were willing to take a little bit of a risk here and go with him. Um, of course, they did bring back Simeon for the practice squad, so they've got a little bit of insurance there um, if they needed to pull somebody up during the week. <laughs> uh, as you can see, we love talking about our quarterbacks. Trevor Simeon, big, big hot topic around here. Uh, <laughs> running backs, obviously three on the roster, Derrick Henry, Darrington Evans, uh, and Blasson game. Any surprises here? Uh, I thought it was a surprise that they let McNichols go and instead went with Cinerice Perry. I guess Sonoris. they added him. Sonoris. They added yeah. him uh, just yesterday, right? Or two days? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So they they waived since the fifty man three man roster finalized. They waived uh, or not waived, but they put on injured reserve uh, Dane Crookshank, who can come back in three weeks, and then uh, Isaiah Wilson went back to the COVID reserve list, which we can talk about another time. Um, but so those two are spots were filled by Sonoris Perry, uh, backup running back, really more of a special teams guy. Um, and then uh, um, Chris Milton came back as well. So those are the only two changes. But I'm a little surprised it was Perry over McNichols, but I think that's a special teams thing. Wide receiver final is led by A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, Humphreys, and Khalif Raymond. Who rounds out that list? Uh, Cody Hollister does. And then it was Cam Batson who he he's uh, – he got waived for Clowney. Uh, I was kind of surprised that Rashard Davis didn't make it over Cam Batson. I thought that was really odd. Um, so, in my opinion, when I saw that Cam Batson got signed first, when you saw that he made the 53-man roster first, you knew it was going to be Cody Hollister. Like, in my mind, it was Cody Hollister, which because he's a big body, 6'4", 209 pounds, and we need that big body for um, – 
to cover the Corey Davis or AJ Brown snaps that when they come off the field. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. It was, yeah. Davis was a guy that got a lot of hype and a lot of buildup from the coaching staff. Um, and I don't know if that was their way of trying to motivate him or something like that, but um, him, him getting released and he's not even been picked up on the practice squad yet. So he's kind of still floating out there, which is a little bit surprising, but um, they do like Batson a good bit. And it sounds like they're going to try to get him back on the practice squad if they can. But um, yeah, Hollister ends up being the wide receiver five, which I don't, I don't think is a big surprise. So tight end position, I, I mean, really no surprises here. Johnny Smith, Ferkser, um, Michael Pruitt. Is it Michael or Michael? Is it just regular Michael or Michael? I'm not 100% sure. I call him Michael. I will say that I think he clarifies on a uh, on uh, one of the articles or interviews that we did at Broadway Sports Media. So everybody should go to broadwaysportsmedia.com and type in Michael Pruitt, and we'll figure it out. <laughs> Michael Pruitt rounding out that list is Jeff Swaim again. Really no surprises here. Offensive line. Um, any surprises on the offensive line? Uh, keeping 10 yes. seems really high, right? I mean, that seems so high. And then they kept a backup uh, center, which I would never have figured out that they would have. Uh, no Super Bowl champion. Jamil Douglas is at the very end. Uh, but they did keep Daniel Munyer and, and Ty Sambrello. What really hurts, I think, this list is the fact that Isaiah Wilson, for whatever reason, cannot stay in his freaking home and not get COVID. Like, what are you doing? Just stay home. Yeah, and, and we don't know if he had an, an exposure or actually has it. Or right, right. If That's he what had it previously or whatever. But, yeah, stay home, Isaiah, please. Like, don't go you, hang out with anybody. The, you're killing us right now. Um, but, yeah, any, I do think the biggest surprise on the offensive line, one that they kept 10 is is interesting. I think Wilson explains that a little bit, and I would fully expect somebody on, out of this group to drop off when Wilson comes back off of the COVID list. But uh, I think the biggest surprise is Aaron Brewer. Um, he's the only undrafted rookie that made the roster, um, and he's a 6'1", 274-pound center. Uh, out of Texas State, and that is way small uh, among NFL centers. So I, they must – now, he was reportedly a really good athlete coming out. I watched a little bit of him and liked what I saw, but it was Texas State. It's hard to tell uh, with guys at that level, especially in the offensive line. Um, but they must really like what they see in him because to, to use a 10th roster spot on the offensive line, some of these other guys that they cut that – could have been useful to them um you know a guy like deandre walker uh which we'll talk about in a little bit uh they must really see something in brewer and it's not completely out of the question that you know an undersized guy can can end up being a good center at the nfl level jason kelsey is is really undersized but but i i don't know aaron brewer is an interesting name to keep an eye on you think this is just simply protection maybe is the wrong word here but COVID protection at the position simply because your O-line obviously is directly affecting your run game and your pass game yeah well you know Aaron Brewers played all five offensive linemen positions at some point in his career so that's that's gonna be huge right I mean so I think that him being able to do all that can kind of protect you know these other guys he, he could kind of fill in in a pinch I don't know you know if how would he be used but that's pretty much you know the point in keeping someone like that 
Let's move on to defensive line. We kept six, Simmons, Daquan Jones, Jack Crawford, uh, Big Merch, Isaiah Mack, and Matt Dickerson. I was told that Isaiah Mack wasn't going to make the roster, I believe, last week. And, no, uh, you weren't. I said he wasn't a lock. Oh, well, said he, he wasn't is a lock. a lock. I ended up having him on my final 53 projection. But, yeah, I, I'm, a little surprised. I'm a little surprised they went six here. Um just because you know the numbers, uh, it's it's these guys aren't great special teams guys, you know. So I, I'm a little surprised they went heavy here, but it, it's a pretty good group, I think, as far as depth goes. I think Mac and Dickerson are, are solid, not spectacular, but solid players. So let's get right to an outside linebacker. We got Landry, Beasley, Carrera, Robertson, and Clowney. Yeah, when they cut DeAndre Walker, it was in my mind. First off, it was a surprise, but that also let me know they are very confident that they are getting Clowney. Like that. I thought Clowney was already signed, though. Clowney was already signed. <laughs> it was inevitable, but they knew. They knew. Like that was the real sign for the to me for the generic fan who's doubted. Unlike me, I've never doubted that Clowney was coming. And let me say this. It's kind of weird to me that people kept dissing and the um, these outside linebackers, and then with the addition of Clowney, you're looking at this top five of Clowney, Landry, Beasley, Correa, Roberson. That is really a deep and really good. You don't miss a beat when one of these guys has to come off the field for a breather. When you oh, factor in Evans and Jeffrey Simmons too, I mean, I put the tweet out about all the first and second rounders and everything that we have. But people forget, Kamali Correa is a second-round draft pick when he was drafted by the Ravens. And the Ravens know defense. Dean Pease knows defense. Brought him in. And Correa was on fire towards the end of last year. Sometimes it just takes these people a little time to click. But now he's our, four, he's our fourth guy. That is good. And Roberson is really, really good as well, by the way. I mean, his pressures and the way that he can get to the quarterback, this is a – this is to me is the strongest part of our roster right now. I, I actually agree. I, I think you could make a very strong argument that outside linebacker is the best position group on the team now. And imagine us saying that, you know, six months ago, um, you know, quite, quite the change here because even, I mean, Beasley now with the addition of Clowney, the Beasley thing is almost, I mean, that's, that's the cherry on top, right? If he turns out to, get back to his you know 2016 form or even anything close to it or even if he just goes back to his 2019 form when he had eight, eight sacks if Beasley gets eight sacks this year the Titans would be over the moon with that I mean that would be fantastic for them I mean because that's coming from your third outside linebacker at this point so there's an outside chance that at some point you see on the field Beasley and Clowney at the same time that's oh, wild. To th that's wild to think about. Like that's that's my point. Is that it's just it's wild to think about that on the Titans is Vic Beasley and Jadavian Clowney. Oh, I think you, I think you're going to see a lot of snaps where you're going to have Landry Beasley and Clowney out there together Ooh, on third downs. I think it's I like oh, it. I think it's going to be third downs. I think that'll be the regular set. I yeah. think it's going to be every third down. So inside linebacker, um, it looks like we're keeping five. Any surprises here other than Will Compton is back with the team? No. No, that no surprises. Really pretty pretty ho-hum there. Did uh, Kel Garrett make it to the practice squad? 
No, he hasn't been added onto it yet, which is kind of surprising. I know it's really made Paul Paul Kaharski mad. (laughs) What doesn't? Everything makes Paul Kaharski mad. Um, Between cornerback, safety, and our specialists, any names that made the roster out of those three positions that you're surprised with? I want to talk a little bit about Chris Jackson. Yeah, that's where I was going to go. Chris Jackson, uh, seventh-round pick. He's actually the first Titans seventh-round pick to make the initial 53-man roster since uh, Kalen Reed – or uh, what was his name? Uh, yeah, Kalen uh, Reed. Kalen Reed, yeah, and uh, Aaron Wallace uh, in 2016. Um, but Chris Jackson was a guy that was on – Uh, he wasn't even on draft boards at some of the places that, you know, I was using for draft research and things like that. Um, I think he was actually the very last defensive back listed in Dane Brugler's uh, beast, you know, his, his kind of all encompassing draft guide. Um, But he is really impressed in camp and Kevin Byard came out uh, earlier this week and said, you know, that, Jackson was one of the guys that impressed him the most, not just among the rookies, but among all of the players in camp um, that Jackson really stood out to him. And he mentioned, you know, Jackson helping the the defense get into a check during walkthroughs from the other side of the field. Like Jackson wasn't a part of the play. He was standing on the sidelines, but he was helping the starting starting defense get into the right check against a certain look. And he said that really stood out to him. You know, he's, he's thinking through the game. He really has it mentally. Um, I think Titan fans should be a little bit excited about Chris Jackson based on what we've heard coming out of camp. And now he makes a 53 and he pushed some pretty good players off. Um, you know, he was kind of in there with Chris Milton, Kareem Moore, uh, well, he pushed off Campbell, Ty Smith and Kenneth Durden, Ty Smith. Yeah. A lot of guys that have played snaps for the Titans or, have been on NFL rosters for a while. Chris Jackson pushed him out. Uh, I think you should be a little bit excited about this guy. Tell me a better duo than C- Conference USA safeties and John Robinson. <laughs> I can't argue You're with not that wrong. one. Uh, rounding out 53-man roster real quickly, Stephen Kostowski signed by the Titans. Hopefully the Titans do not have the same kicker woes as last year. Uh, I mean, comes in with a hell of a you know uh, percentage uh, success rate on kicking. Obviously, it does have some, you know, injury issues in the past. Hopefully, those are behind him. I do want to wrap up this last minute of the segment we have with a list that Mike has titled the Dude List. I don't know if we're going to stick with that name or not, but we're rolling with it for this morning. He's got a list on here, including names like Henry, Lawan, Saffold, A.J. Brown, Clowney, Simmons, Evans, and Vaccaro. Uh, what is the point of this list, and who do you want to point out specifically? So the, so the list is really, and I actually added Taylor Lewan and, and Roger Saffold to that later, but uh, the point of the list is the Titans for a long time didn't have tone setters, like these guys that are not necessarily just high skill level, but these are guys that are extremely physical, like slap you in the mouth kind of guys. The guys that lay the big hit, you know, think about the Vaccaro hit on uh, uh, James White uh, a couple years ago in the Patriots game. That kind of tone setting, that the kind of plays that Rashawn Evans makes, the Titans haven't had that in a long time. And now they've got a list. I could go 10 deep on guys that are physical, you know, crazy athletes. And I just think it's it's interesting to look at that compared to years past. And I think it's a good indication of where the Titans are going as a franchise. 
It is game week. Gentlemen, Titans at Broncos. Monday night football to round out a long weekend of football, starting with Thursday night this week. Um, let's kind of get into it. Before we get into the, the actual Titans game, do you know who our Thursday night matchup with? Because I believe it starts, is it Chiefs and Ravens? Is that the opening no, Chiefs game? And Texans. Chiefs and Texans. Chiefs, Texans. Okay, so pre- uh, preview of the uh, – uh, previous playoff game we got to see where the Texans absolutely came apart and ruined our chances to go to the Super Bowl. Thank you very much, Texans. But anyway, so it starts on Thursday night, rolling right into a weekend full of NFL football, culminating with Monday Night Football Titans at Denver. Mike, I'm going to start with you. What? Let, let's just go right into the game. What, what, are, what are you looking for for this opening salvo? You know, I guess the thing I'm probably most excited about is actually seeing Clowney on the field with this defense and seeing what that group looks like. Um, I, the Broncos are really young on offense. Um, they've got, obviously, Drew Locke in his second year, uh, but he only got a handful of starts under his belt late last year. A lot of their biggest weapons are first or second year guys. The offensive line is a little bit shaky. I think that the Titans defense has a chance to come out and really dominate this game um, from the start. And I'm interested to see kind of how that unit gels right away. Um, I, I think that's probably my biggest thing I'm looking forward to besides just football on the field under the lights um, for the first time in a long time. I was really hoping that the NCAA wouldn't be playing and we get some Saturday games because I despise the time slot that we're in. That is so late. <laughs> it's so late. It's um, super late. Yeah. Get your it's coffee. It's going to be ready. a long night, but I'll be ready. I mean, I'm going to be so stoked. Um, I am interested in seeing how the offense bounces back in Denver because if you all remember – the Denver game last year was probably one of the worst football games I've ever watched as a Tennessee Titans fan. And it was the game that essentially put the nail in the coffin of the Marcus story here in uh, Nashville. So since then, we became a huge juggernaut of an offense. So now I'm anxious to see what kind of start do we get, you know, at the beginning of the year up in the high altitude of Denver on a late Monday night game, it'll be interesting. I think you're going to see the, this first week, especially if you're into fantasy football, this first week of uh, offenses is, I think it's going to be a little bit low scoring. Like, I think that with the lack of gelling for certain offenses and stuff, I think you're uh, going to see scoring down league wide. But I think we have a real chance to make this a statement game as the second primetime game. And if we need to go out and put our stamp on this offense as we are going to impose our will on this Denver Broncos defense. So I I was trying to figure out why I had this like subtle psychological apprehension of the Denver Broncos game. And you nailed it, Zach. That's exactly why. It's because the Denver Broncos game last year was, like you said, it was literally one of the worst NFL games I've seen. Not not just one of the worst Titans games I've seen. It was just a pathetic, pathetic game. So that that has to be behind the scenes why as soon as I saw that matchup, I thought to, you know, shuddered. But 
I mean, I'm a little interested to see it. The, the only part of me kind of going into this NFL weekend is that I, I expect to kind of see a little bit of more sloppiness that we see in week one that we have in the past. I know that fans despise preseason games. I do as well. But the preseason games hold their purpose for coaches and teams to be able to get within a rhythm with each other and for the players, especially the starters, to gel with each other in a game-type setup. So I, I do think you're going to see some sloppiness across the board week one. Uh, I really hope we don't see too much of that, but I do agree with Zach that I, I would anticipate a low-scoring uh, affair, certainly a low-scoring affair on this one. I, I think it could go either way, actually. I, I think your tackling is probably going to be really bad at first because you unless – teams have get, gotten a lot of live reps in camp which most teams do not um you know a lot of these guys might be really hitting and fully taking to the ground for the first time in nine months uh and and i think that kind of does play to the titans favor obviously they they're maybe the hardest tack, hardest to tackle team in the nfl with derrick henry aj brown johnny smith uh Corey davis isn't an easy takedown um I think you could see – I think a lot of things set up well for the Titans here. Um, the one hesitation that I have is really the mile-high effect. Uh, the Broncos' home record uh, in the first four weeks of the season over the past, like, decade or maybe even past that is ridiculous. Um, so it is difficult to travel to Denver, but no fans. Maybe it's a little bit – or I guess limited fans – um, maybe it's a little bit different this time around, but it's uh, that's the one drawback I have is that the actual fact that they're playing in mile high uh, early in the season. So I did want to point out specifically with Clowney, um, John Heath of Broncos Wire uh, wrote a couple of days ago that obviously on Clowney's, you know, Clowney returning to mile high is going to be kind of an interesting dynamic in two career games against the Broncos. Clowney totaled five tackles, one sack, one tackle for a loss, and three quarterback hits. Specifically to Clowney, are you, you excited? I mean, who's not excited to have the man on the team? Are you excited specifically to look forward to his performance going into this game? Yeah, most definitely. I think it's the – I think it will be the most talked about debut in Titans history, really. I mean, when you really think about – Everybody's going to be talking Clowney this week. Everybody's going to be writing about Clowney, what he can do. We already have several articles up at broadwaysportsmedia.com detailing the versatility of Clowney and talking about his impact. But also you need to go to Teron Davenport's Twitter feed. Teron Davenport, uh, who writes for ESPN and covers the Titans, he has a Twitter feed showing the Clowney effect. I mean, he ha he's a disruptor. He's not just – I know that, you know, Jared Stillman of 102.5, you, you guys can't hear him. We can't even hear him in Nashville because the signal's so bad. But he touts, oh, the sack numbers, blah, blah, blah. You know, oh, he doesn't have a lot of sacks. Clowney does so much more for this defense, for a team, than just the sacks. And that's what Teron Davenport's thread shows. It shows what he does. Basically – he can crash a play so quick that it's going to make – it's going to push someone else to, to like Jeffrey Simmons or Daquan Jones, and they're going to make a play. It's, it's, a, it's such an effect that I am so excited to first off see him in two-tone blue and see him just decimate some offensive linemen in Denver. 
I'm, I'm just so excited. I, I can't help it but smile when I think about it. And I can't wait to see all the flip-flopping from all the people who said, because it's not just Stillman. There's plenty of people in Mike's Twitter feeds when you scroll through to one of his uh, things about, but he doesn't get the sacks, or I don't want Clowney on this team. He doesn't even seem like he wants to be here and blah, blah, blah. I can't wait to see everybody flip-flop after this first game. And, and I've seen some people that are, I guess, questioning, and, and some of the media has been questioning if Clowney will even play in this game. I, I think Clowney is absolutely playing in this game. Last year he got traded uh, nine days before the Seattle season opener against the Bengals. He played uh, in that first game, and he played 46 snaps. And he had a sack and uh, tackle for loss and a quarterback hit uh, and a pass breakup. So, I mean, he's he's almost certainly going to play, and I think he's going to play a lot. Well, and the familiarity um, goes into that, too, because I mean, yes. he's gonna, he knows Shane Bowen. He knows Mike Vrabel. He knows this defense. He knows the terminology more than likely. It's going to be a pretty easy adjustment for him. It'll be easier for him coming here than it was for him going to Seattle last year, for sure. Um, but, yeah, I, I do think, uh, to your point, he's a, a a guy that's hard to quantify in the box score, um, which can be a cop-out for some guys. But I don't think it is in, in his case because if you look at some of the advanced metrics that you know ESPN has the pass block win rate, uh, basically how, how often – are you beating the man across from you within 2.5 seconds, regardless of what ha what's happening in the play otherwise? Because, frankly, a lot of sacks and a lot of, you know, counting stats can be influenced just by luck of the draw. Like, say Clowney, you know, destroys his guy on, you know, a high percentage of plays, which he does. I think he ranked in the top 10 among that uh, metric the last couple years. Um, but if he destroys his guy – and the pass just is – it's a quick slant, and he was never going to have a chance to get, get home on that. Does that make him a worse player because he won on that rep versus winning on the rep that's a play-action drop back? No, it doesn't make him a worse player. Um, but I do think it, from a disruption standpoint, he draws a lot of attention. The way he plays, the way he – the way his presence is felt, you, I, I tweeted out a clip of uh, Matt LaFleur, who was mic'd up for the Packers-Seahawks playoff game last year. Uh, and this was actually from the NFL 100 list, which the list itself I think is relatively useless, but some of the videos and, and stuff that they put out is uh, pretty interesting. And in the clip, LaFleur can be seen multiple times. They kind of stitched all these together asking if Clowney is on the field and he, he is constantly asking, I think, you know, one of his spotters in the booth uh, is Clowney out there because it was completely changing what he could call and what he wanted, what kind of plays he wanted to run, whether or not Clowney was on the field, that kind of impact, that's the respect that he has across the league. Um, and he's got, you know, LaFleur is sitting there going, all right, if Clowney's on the backside of this, I don't want to run this because Clowney is so athletic and so good at chasing down plays from the backside that I mean, he just, he's a game wrecker, honestly. Um, and you don't, you don't see guys, even guys that get more sacks get talked about like that by NFL head coaches. Um, I, yeah, constantly sorry, wondering where he is, you know? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. What and that's the point you're making is kind of to the larger point I want to make, which was what what I'm really interested to see here is that Denver is getting a look at while they got a look at a team they saw just last season, they're 
this is a defense that's bringing in Beasley and Cloudy. Titans fans don't even know what to expect of this group on the field, much less Denver. And with no preseason games, no footage to come off of that, that, that that's a wild matchup. That, I really, really am interested in that portion of it. So across the football, um, it, it, with the, just specifically with their running game, Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay, what do you – just give you, me are you just trying to here. trigger me this morning with different running backs? I'm, I actually was specifically going to go to Zach with this question <laughs> because when it comes to fantasy football, Zach will only draft Denver running backs because he specifically loves them. Uh, I, I'm not concerned at all with this team. I mean, Melvin Gordon is just a volume running back, and they're listing both Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon as starters on their depth chart, co-starters. So they just spend a bunch of money on Melvin Gordon. He's not even their full-time starter. It, it makes no sense. I am a longtime proponent that Denver running backs are a black hole that I will never go down anymore. No war. And let me say this. We are, I think you have to be more worried about Philip Lindsay, but I think that this defense has the competitive – our defense, Titans defense, have a competitive advantage with what you just said, uh, Lebowski, which is um, – talking about the um, lack of video and film for the Denver offense to study with the addition of Clowney and Beasley. Like, nobody knows what to expect. Uh, then they're going to have a lot of be seen a lot of exotic blitzes. And technically, we don't even know our new play caller tendencies because Vrabel's – either Vrabel or Bowen has taken over play calling tendencies. And you really don't know what they're going to do with all these weapons that they have. My big question is to you guys is how many times are we going to see the Jadavian Clowney uh, clip of him blowing up Taylor Lewan to uh, sack Denard Robinson and scoop up that ball from uh, the Michigan South Carolina game a few years back? Oh, multiple I think we we definitely see the clip. Yeah, we definitely see the clip. And then to be fair to Lewan, apparently it was the tight end that busted that assignment, not him. Likely story. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I think the, the Broncos have a very young offense, as I mentioned. They're starting a rookie center. Uh, there's going to be – I feel like there's just a lot of potential for issues for them up front um, dealing with this, this you know, reinvented Titans pass rush. And not to mention Jeffrey Simmons, who we've gushed about all offseason. I mean, uh, who are you doubling, Jeffrey Simmons or Clowney? Because you're going to have to pick one at this point. Um, and, and then not to mention – Landry, who has been the Titans' best pass rusher uh, probably the last two years, really, uh, and and Beasley all the way down as the fourth fourth most viable threat. I mean, that's that's pretty crazy. So um, I, I think you have a chance to really get hit the ground running for the Titans' defense. I will say that Broncos' defense is salty, and that's going to be a heavyweight battle on that side of the ball. Well, as the forecast stands now, the high 85, low 53, completely clear weather for Monday night. Uh, still several days out on this forecast, so we'll see if that holds, but no anticipation of any kind of crazy weather, which Denver is experiencing right now. Um, so we'll see how that holds up. Really, really excited to see the NFL season get underway. And that... Boys, that's going to do it for us today. It's been a fun show. We had a little bit more to get to. We unfortunately couldn't fit it in. However, again, we are brought to you by broadwaysportsmedia.com. Go check it out. Articles, podcasts, gambling advice, you name it. Currently running a $7 a month special. Because we're celebrating Jajavian Clowney, 
Promo code is CLOWNTOWN. That is $7 a month at broadwaysportsmedia.com. You can check out all of our articles, podcasts, everything you've heard here. You can get more of that in depth at broadwaysportsmedia.com. That's it. You've been effed. A Broadway Sports Media Production.